Welcome to Echoing Faith Today, a podcast conversation on catechetical themes of impact and relevance in the new directory for catechesis from the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Jem Sullivan, host and faculty in the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. On this podcast, we'll hear from scholars, experts, and those in ministry. So welcome again, and thank you for taking your place at this table of conversation. We begin this inaugural podcast with Father Mark Morosevich, Dean of the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America, who will share words of welcome and introduction to this podcast. Then we'll hear from Bishop Franz Peter Tebarts Van Els in Rome, Delegate for Catechesis in the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization, who will discuss major themes in the new directory for catechesis. And now to introduce this podcast series, I'm delighted to first welcome Father Mark Morozovich. Thank you, Father Morozovich, for joining us and welcome to this first podcast. Thank you, Jim. It's my great pleasure. So the publication of a new directory for catechesis this past June is an opportune moment to consider its major themes and directions. And a podcast series is one way to do that while we're not able as yet to gather in person. So why is the publication of a new directory for catechesis significant for the church? Thank you, Jim, for that intriguing question. And as we look at our church today, certainly the effects of COVID pose many questions for us. What will be? When will we come back? Will people return to the normal practice of their faith? We've been looking at big questions of disaffiliation among the youth. So I think that this issuance of a new directory is a great call, a call for an awakening, a call for us to question, how are we passing on the faith? How are we energizing people? How are we bringing the teachings of the church to our communities? This isn't a simple task. It's not done by this general directory that's being published, but it's a task that involves us. And it's a task that we feel very alive with, that we feel is a key task of the School of Theology and Religious Studies to pass on the faith, to take the depths of our theological understanding and to make them relevant to bring them home so that our brothers and sisters will be alive in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father Mark. That just shows how timely this is in one way, uh, given that it was published right after um, or in the midst of the pandemic. Tell us a little bit about the catechetics area in the School of Theology and Religious Studies, the relationship of theology and catechesis. You know, oftentimes people think, well, catechesis is just an afterthought. And I don't believe that's true at all. I believe that catechesis is an integral part of the church. It's an integral part of our task of theology. Because we don't just study theology just because we can publish another article. 
or maybe have another book that will adorn a shelf. But really, we, in our vocation as teachers, realize that, yes, we need to do the work on fine points of Latin or Greek, looking at this council or that synod, looking at this scholarly discussion and debate from the patristic period or from the medieval period. Those are all so important because as we study these things, it impacts how we view our reality today. And the study of how we pass that on, how we nurture the next generation of believers is a central and integral part of what we believe that theology is. Because when you look at theology, is this reflection on our faith. Theology really is that which is lived in our communities and we're giving name to it. We're explaining the faith. We're explaining what happens in our communal prayer services, in our liturgies, so that we can enliven our communities of faith and bring them to a new depth of understanding in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father Mark. So in a sense, you know, catechesis is the communication of the living mystery of God, uh, and it has a symbiotic relationship with theology, all of the theological disciplines. So uh, you, thank you for that explanation. You know, please share with our listeners your vision for this podcast series. What might students of theology and those in pastoral ministry learn from an exploration of major themes in this new catechetical document? Well, I think as we look at the new document, we find many opportunities, opportunities to adapt to the questions of our time, to bring our faith alive. So if we think about what's happening, even in the theological sciences, as we look at new findings in biblical studies and new understandings of what the history of our liturgical practices are about, or even new understandings of our church history, a new way of articulating the way of living our faith that we call moral theology, that of right acting, that this will stimulate in us an ability to communicate that anew, to let people know that they can truly be alive in Christ and through engaging in these different understandings applied in different ways that are age appropriate. So that's what I hope that this podcast does, stimulate that creativity. I'm hoping that it helps people throughout our country, throughout the world who may be listening, to think about their own situation, to think about how they can engage in the depths of the mystery of God through theology and share that with our brothers and sisters in age appropriate, state of life appropriate, culturally appropriate manners that allows all of us to deepen our faith and to bring forth in a special way, in a new way, the kingdom of God, that which we pray every day, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know these are very busy days at the start of a new academic year, so I'm very grateful for your time. As we move through this series of conversations, we look forward to welcoming you back to the podcast. So 
thank you once again for being with us today. My pleasure, and I look forward to it, and I hope that everyone will be blessed who listens and participates in this podcast, and that truly the Spirit may guide each of us forward in our unique roles in sharing the teaching of the church. Joining me now from Rome is Bishop Franz Peter Terbarts van Als, Delegate for Catechesis at the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. Your Excellency, thank you so much for your time. We are grateful for your presence and welcome to this podcast. Thank you very much. For me, it's a great honor and a great pleasure at the same time to be able to give this interview. It's uh, almost 20 years ago since I did some studies at the Catholic University of America, and so far I have very good memories on this very blessed place. Well, welcome again. We are so grateful for your time today. Thank when you. the new directory for catechesis was released on June 25th, it was noted that its publication was a joyful event for the church. How is this long-awaited directory a moment of joyful hope for catechesis in our time? Well, I think uh, the big chance is that there will be a new attention for catechesis. Uh, we realize more and more in our so weak societies that it needs a conviction that is shared by those who are rooted in faith. And to share this faith also by content is so important to get something what we call the uniomentis, being one in our thinking, one in our faith, one in our sharing. Uh, instead of all the difficulties and all the varieties, even we should have varieties, but to be linked together by the faith. And that means an awareness of the content. And therefore, I think it took us very long time to work on this directory because the challenges in modern societies are so various uh, that it uh, was really necessary to reflect very much on the details. And so uh, we are very happy that the new directory has been edited just at the end of last month. During the same press conference, you shared seven themes for reflection. To frame our discussion, I thought we might focus on a few themes from your presentation. First, you noted that this directory is very attentive to the signs of the times, that phrase of the Second Vatican Council's document, Gaudium et Spes. Why should those engaged in the study and ministry of catechesis attend to the signs of the times? Well, I think uh, it has to do with uh, the shape and the meaning of our faith. We believe in the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. And uh, therefore, it's so necessary to look how life is going on in these times. It's uh, part of the incarnation. God is living in mankind, is expressing himself in mankind, in love, in faith, in, in just being confident. And so far, it is so uh, necessary to follow the line of the Second Vatican Council in Gaudium et Spes, to look at the signs of the time, and it says there, and to interpret them in the light of the gospel. Not only the, the signs of the time, there can be a certain temptation just to be according to the signs of the time. We also have to differentiate, but to uh, get aware about God's meaning in the light of the gospel. He has given us the gospel to get aware of 
what is the real sense, the, the deepest point of our faith, and to share this, to be unified in this, I think that is so important. And if we interpret the signs of the time in the light of the gospel, we are very close to the needs of the people. We are very close to God at the same time. And that is exactly what the catechist would be doing, correct? Uh, is yeah. to interpret for the people, to lead them on this journey of interpretation of the signs of the times in their own lived experience. Exactly, exactly, yes. And I think it's also expressed in the directory to be attentive to the needs in different generations. Every time of life has its very specific challenges and uh, to be aware of what are the signs of the time for younger people, for kids, for, for grown-ups, for elderly people. I think to have this in mind is so important and the directory wants to encourage for this wide uh, field of catechesis. Like Holy Pope John Paul II has said in Catechesis Talendi, all ages of life need catechesis. Could you share with us some contemporary signs of the times that this directory points our attention to? Well, because it's one of the main focuses on the, of the new directory, uh, the eighth chapter in part two is very much related to these signs of the time, as there is the life of the families, of married people, of children, uh, as there is uh, the situation of the elderly people, as there is the situation of disabled persons, you know, that has been a very, very important impact for us. We got it by the year of mercy when we had this pilgrimage for disabled uh, people. We realized what are their sufferings, what are their joys, uh, what do they expect from the church to be close to them with the faith in catechesis. And so far, we made a big congress on the situation of disabled people and we put it into our directory, what we got uh, in insights and in aspects they were able to share with us. And also the situation of immigration, I think it's a very, very big challenge in the United States, but everywhere in the world right now, of refugees, of people in the field of daily work, especially in these corona times when people lose their work, what does it mean for them? What does it mean for their families? Uh, so the eighth chapter is very, very important. And also in the 10th chapter of the third part of the new directory, we uh, focus on other areas as there is the situation of pluralism in our society, as there is the uh, ecological challenge, uh, the crisis of the climate, and to uh, take over all the great inspirations of Pope Francis with Laura to see his in, uh, apostolic letter, his encyclica. I think that is so important to, to uh, uh, give this meaning to people who are engaged in catechesis, to make them aware how broad the field of catechesis can be if you relate to the signs of the time. One uh, even very, very specific topic um, of uh, the new directory, somehow um, a kind of line that is going through all the chapters is what does it mean to uh, live catechesis, even more than to give catechesis in digital times. We all communicate with these modern technical uh, possibilities, but uh, we aren't yet aware enough about the limits it also will have. 
and to sensi to make people sensible for, for uh, the limits and for the chances at the same time. That is one of the main interests, the main focuses of the new directory. You note that the directory gives courage to the content of faith, to the core of the gospel or kerygma. And in this vein, the directory speaks of a charismatic catechesis. How is the term charismatic catechesis to be understood and why is it important in this text? Well, thank you for this so important question because it is something new in the new directory. It's actually taken from Evangelii Gaudium from Pope Francis. He has created this very uh, special uh, expression because he wanted or wants to say in charismatic catechesis, the content has to go together with the witness of the person, of the believer. And only if it's coming together, it can touch the heart of other people. Sometimes we are living in the temptation only to see the content. Sometimes we have the situation that only live topics are addressed to people in catechesis. But it has to come together because if a catechist has found an identity in faith that is rooted in content and that is expressed in certain uh, habits, then other people get moved towards the faith. In so far, charismatical catechesis is, to say it in a very short form, content in connection with uh, witness. Thank you, Bishop. That's such an important theme, I think, for us to now pay attention to and to understand and explore what that actually means, uh, both for those who are in the study of catechesis, but also the ministry of catechesis. Yeah, that's right, yes. Since the Second Vatican Council, the Church has emphasized the close connection between evangelization and catechesis. And this link is one of the distinctive features of this new directory. How does this document both confirm and deepen further the understanding of catechesis as one moment, a remarkable moment in the whole process of evangelization? Well, the new directory, like the uh, previous ones, is following this general line of Evangelii Nunciandi, that there will be first a time of evangelization that moves people to a deeper catechesis. In so far, uh, as the last directory from 1997 has stressed out very much, the catechumenate somehow shapes the process. And in this new directory, we have a certain chapter, it's chapter five, about the pedagogy of faith learning. And I think that is very important because it helps us to get more aware about the fact that always uh, faith learning is a process. You can't get it in one session. You can't make a crash course. That is not enough. People need time to mature in faith and love. And so far, I think that is very, very helpful to focus even more on the catechumenate as this uh, scopus or this, this, this shape of a pedagogy of faith, to have certain periods, to have liturgy that somehow uh, puts together what has been growing in a time and that initiates a new period for faith learning. Carrying forward a theme from the 1997 General Directory for Catechesis, this text speaks of the baptismal catechumenate as the model and the paradigm in both content and structure for catechesis. How does the baptismal catechumenate serve as a model for catechesis? Well, you know, the 
catechumenists is taken from the situation of the early church and they have uh, been knowing so much about faith learning in these times when the society hasn't been christianized at that time so they actually knew how strong catechesis always has to be related to liturgy and to witness of faith in social actions and, 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 and what else uh, but uh, the liturgy is so important that something what has been growing in a period, as I just mentioned, it will be deepened in liturgy so that it comes to heart and mind, that it creates identity. And that is so important that the catechumenate actually is the example for this. So uh, the mystagogical catechesis is actually the expression that something is realized in liturgy, what has been given by the Lord. Liturgy is always answering of uh, an answer to the gifts we have received from God. And it's so important, people learn it by uh, walking through the catechumenate, how the faith is inspired by liturgy and how it moves people to witnesses in love and faith and deeds. And as the catechism defines liturgical catechesis or mystagogy, it says moving from the sign to the thing signified from the sacraments to the mysteries. Yes. And so that, that movement uh, is, is very much part of the whole baptismal catechumenate and should be part of all of our catechetical activities. That is very right. And even um, the uh, apostolic letter of Pope Francis uh, has stressed out this very much. He's using the term of we are pulchitudinous. You have written a wonderful book about this. And that is actually something we realize in the catechumenate, that the primarily signs of faith get more aware to the people. And not that we are looking, as I like to uh, call it, a, a second or third uh, level of signs. But the, the, the primary signs are so important, we have them in liturgy and to fill them with experiences that had been growing during the uh, periods of the catechumenate, I think that is so important. So the Via Pulchitudinus is, is, is one of the best teachers of the faith, like the fathers of the church already have been, had been saying, the liturgy is the teacher of the faith. The, the church year, the liturgical year of the church is the teacher of faith. Thank you, Bishop. That, that's really, uh, really very helpful to the way you've explained it. The directory represents both continuity and innovation. Continuing a theme in the previous two directories, this text affirms the Trinitarian Christocentric nature of catechesis. As St. John Paul II once wrote, at the heart of catechesis, we find in essence a person, the person of Jesus of Nazareth. How is the Trinitarian Christocentricity of catechesis affirmed in this text? You know, because it is so important, we were talking about this in the first chapter already of the new directory of catechesis. It's a fundamental theological chapter where we reflect on what we have been receiving from God and that we are all called to answer. That is the main structure of our faith because it is revealed to us in the Trinitarian understanding of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In God himself is relation. In so far, we are called to find into a relation with Jesus Christ, to be in a deep friendship, like he is addressing to us in the Gospel of John, that we are his friends, not any longer servants, but we are his friends. 
and uh, friends have a relation and friends always want to memorize uh, the uh, uh, relation they have and to express the relation and the trinitarian character means to give meaning in relation to all contents of faith they don't exist separately but always in relation to jesus christ they help us to discover more and more about uh, his love the way he addresses himself to us in the first part titled catechesis in the evangelizing mission of the church chapters three and four describe the identity and the formation of catechists why give priority to the vocation and the formation of catechists our interest to differentiate the, the uh, various responsibilities and charismas, charisms we'll find in parishes in the field of catechesis. The new directory says that the bishop is the primary catechist. He can't delegate this to others. He has to do it himself, like the priests. They very often are living in a temptation not to do catechesis, but something else. But uh, to proclaim the faith in catechesis, should be a ministry that is alive in every charism, in every ministry of the church, also in the religious, in the parents, in the lay people, uh, in the deacons. They, they have a certain charism in living the gospel of the hands, as we say, to, to be very much engaged in social work. And so far, to lead young people in catechesis to their own experiences of faith. Uh, that is so important and therefore it is so good to have various ministries in catechesis and they all want to lead young people or every age of life actually to find the own identity in faith in the ecclesial sense that means it is so important in these times where societies are changing so much and the christian frame isn't any longer given that people know themselves why they are believing in the Trinitarian God and why they have found their relation to Jesus Christ and why they want to deepen it. And there is a famous German socialist, um, um, uh, Uwe Beck, he once has said, the question of the future is the question of identity. Who is able to express himself, who he or she is, will find attention of others. And I think that is so important for us uh, in catechesis to uh, lead people to a mature identity. Thank you, Bishop. You've given us much to reflect on. Uh, are there any other themes you wish to speak about from the directory? Well, first of all, I would like to repeat again what I already have been mentioning, the importance of digital communication and to inculturate this in a certain sense into uh, the proclaiming of the faith, the transmission of the faith. I think that is so important that we reflect on this. The Corona times has been showing or have been showing uh, chances, but also limits. We have realized that something can't be substituted by technical communication, ways of communication. We have, we are, people out of flesh and blood and that will be that should get aware for everybody if we gather to celebrate the place we can't do this only by streaming or something like this and so for the uh, digital question is so important and because it's still uh, uh, in development we have to be very attentive very open 
and but at the same time also critical. Another topic I would like to mention is uh, uh, something that is uh, a main focus of the pastoral ministry of Pope Francis. It's the, the whole invitation to receive mercy, to improve in living mercy, to be compassionate. That is a big, big focus in the whole proclamation of Pope Francis. And we took it over to our directory uh, of catechy or for catechesis. And uh, this should also become a focus in catechesis in parishes. If people make the experience of mercy, if they meet catechists who are merciful, they are themselves uh, led or uh, uh, moved to be compassionate. I think that is so important because that is actually the test of, of, um, of, uh, of the faith. Is, is there uh, an experience of mercy or not? Uh, will make people open or will uh, just uh, let them untouched? I think that is so important. And in many ways, that is really what people hunger for, the spiritual Yes, hunger. absolutely, especially in these times who seem to be so weak, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. To conclude then, of one final question, what are your hopes for the implementation of the new directory for catechesis around the world? Well, we hope that similar to the situation 20 years ago when we got the so-called new directory on catechesis, a general directory on catechesis, the new directory, for catechesis, as it's called now, will give more attention for catechesis in the Catholic world, in our parishes, and uh, that people uh, focus more on this important ministry in church life. Sometimes uh, parishes seem to be so busy, they have to do so many different things, that there may be an impression that catechesis is one among other fields but it's the central area. And the more people uh, seem to lose the content of faith, the more charismatical catechesis is necessary where people uh, get into touch with the content in the witness. Uh, and in so far, I hope very much that the new attention, because we have a new document, will lead to a deepening of uh, the meaning of catechesis at universities in the education of students, also in parishes, and especially also in the spirituality of a catechist. To be aware of this ministry to what we are called by Jesus Christ personally can also deepen our relation. And the church will be alive in the way people find into a deeper content-rooted relation of faith. And I think, I hope, I pray, that this may be the blessing of the new directory for catechesis. And we are very happy to contribute in some small way to this implementation, uh, at least in this country, uh, here at Catholic University of America. So thank you once again, Bishop, for sharing your insights and observations. Our prayers and our best wishes are with you for the ongoing implementation of the new directory for catechesis and for your work at the Pontifical Council for the promotion of the new evangelization. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I uh, won't forget to say that I'm always very, very grateful about a much bigger attention for the whole area of catechesis in the United States. That is something we realize very much. And uh, I did my studies on the catechumenate 30 years ago in the States. And from that time, I'm, I have been in 
touch with so many blessed initiatives coming from catechesis and going to catechesis in the States. Thank you so much. To conclude this podcast conversation, we're joined by Father Raymond Studzinski, Chair of the Catechetics Area in the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. Welcome, Father Raymond. Dr. Selvin, it's a pleasure to be here. And to, to, to could, you give us, could you give us an overview of the programs of study in catechetics at the Catholic University of America? Sure, happy to. Uh, first of all, let me just remark that catechetics in has a long history at Catholic University for close to almost 100 years. We've been educating people and preparing them for work in the field of catechetics and religious education. At the current moment, we have basically have four graduate degree programs. Uh, two of them are academic degrees and two of them are uh, pastoral or ministerial degrees. The academic degrees are a Master of Arts in catechetics and also the a PhD or Doctor of Philosophy in catechetics. And both of those academic degrees are very much geared to introducing people to research in the field, kind of the history of catechetics, uh, kind of going into depth uh, in various issues in catechetics and theology related to it. Uh, and then in addition, we have the two pastoral uh, degree programs. Uh, one that uh, was fairly recent is our Master of Catechesis program and one that also is not too old, our Doctor of Ministry in Liturgical uh, Catechesis. And both of those degree programs are very much concerned with people who probably are not going to go so much into uh, the formal or higher education route, but are working very much in, uh, in the parish setting or in, in various other diocesan contexts. In, in particular, the Master of Catechesis is designed for people who may already be working in uh, for the church in various capacities, but have the need to kind of get some a little bit more professional background, uh, knowing a little bit more about uh, what uh, grounds are, are working in catechetics. And so uh, the degree is pretty much geared to those people. We don't expect them to come with any sort of uh, theological background. The program kind of fills in the missing pieces. And, and so it's kind of an internship where they're actually uh, doing something very practical in that leads them hopefully uh, into further work in, in the field. Uh, the Doctor of Ministry in Liturgical Catechesis is a program geared to people who have typically been working in the field for, for a while and indeed have perhaps already a, a fair amount of graduate theological education. Uh, but this is a program that's very much geared to uh, them working uh, at a more practical level but in depth uh, on some certain issues that would be uh, important in the whole area of liturgical catechesis. So we had some very interesting projects kind of emerging uh, out of that. And so those are, are basically our four uh, degree programs. And uh, we welcome uh, in inquiries into, we're always happy to provide more details about any one of those four programs. Thank you, Father Sudzinski, for that very helpful overview and for reminding us that the program really goes back almost 100 years. So there's a long history of students who've uh, been through our programs but have also gone out then uh, and uh, continued their academic uh, work but also in pastoral ministry. So thank you for reminding us of the, um, the history of the program. Uh, could you say a little bit about this new International Journal for Evangelization and Catechesis of which you are the editor? 
Yes, yes. Uh, I'm holding it up here so hopefully you can see it. Um, it's the first issue came out in April. Uh, what we were aware of as we were looking over the field of catechetics, at least in this country, there wasn't really a journal uh, th that was publishing really serious academic articles along with more pastorally oriented articles. And so we we're trying to fulfill that, that gap in, in the field to provide this kind of venue for uh, people, both academics who are doing more kind of uh, academic research re related to areas of catechetics, as well as those who are out in the trenches. And so we have what we call a studia section, that's kind of the more academic research type uh, articles or essays. And then a practica session, in a uh, section in which people will share some of the projects they, they have tried and have implemented in their various settings. Uh, in this forthcoming uh, issue, uh, we have a, uh, an article uh, very much by uh, the Bishop of Honolulu on their kind of restored order of the sacraments of initiation. So he's kind of talking about how they implemented that program in his, uh, his diocese. In the uh, academic section, we also have this uh, interview with, or this essay by Bishop Tevarts von Elts, uh, basically giving a kind of an overview of the directory. And then of course, there's also book reviews. But, so we're very excited about it and it really is being, being well received uh, uh, throughout the catechetics world. Thank you for asking about it. You're most welcome. And thank you, Father Sudzinski, for your leadership of the catechetics program. Uh, we look forward to welcoming you back as we continue these podcast conversations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Silver. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has added to your understanding of the vision and major themes of the new directory for catechesis. Stay tuned for our next conversation on Echoing Faith Today when we'll hear from Bishop Robert Barron, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and founder of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Till then, keep the faith and keep sharing the faith. I'm Dr. Jem Sullivan. Thank you for joining us today.